Welcome to March to the Pod, presented by Eternal Roofing. We are your consistent source for Sam Houston Athletics. Today, the good news is that basketball season starts soon, Cats fans, and the men's team, they're bringing in some wins in the recruiting world. The bad news is that football season is still going. So we're going to preview the Cats next game against UTEP as we do every week. And you know what? We're going to get into that just a little bit again today. I think you're going to enjoy this episode. I'm your host, Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Find me on your favorite social media channels at Corey Hogue Sports. That's Corey with no E, Hogue, H-O-G-U-E, and then the word sports. It's all one word. I'm joined by the creator and manager of Sports of SHSU on Twitter and Instagram. Again, it's all one word. He's the chief operating officer of the Cat Fund and proud Bearcat alum, Ben Sorrells. Uh, ben, we had a lot of rain yesterday, uh, last night here in the Wichita Falls area. And I don't know if you saw my Twitter. Uh, this is on a Tuesday. We're recording this, so people might have to go back and look. But I put a little comment about how I could use some roofing help. And I think we know somebody. Yeah, I think we do. And that's Taylor and the team at Eternal Roofing. Yeah, they're your go-to place for anything roofing, general contracting, Christmas lights. Um, so yeah, any roofing needs, um, like you talked about, Corey, that's definitely the place to go. Uh, yeah. Uh, look, I live in an apartment called Maintenance. Maintenance has come over. They've seen the leaks. They get on the roof. They tell me they can't find anything. Everything's sealed. But water is coming through the roof. Uh, because hey look i gathered at least a good half inch last night so we got some good rain in wichita falls you know, i guess but i would i would think that taylor and his crew would be able to find those leaks if they would just call them you know i know man we talked about it a couple of weeks ago getting these apartments out here to to begin working with eternal roofing so they can get on top of it i mean it's got to be there somewhere <laughs> They, they really do. And, and it, hey, look, if you're in the same situation I am and your apartment roof is leaking in the rain, tell them to call Eternal Roofing and give them the numbers. Don't just tell them. Get, help them with the information. They can email Taylor at taylor at eternalroofingtx.com. They can call in the Montgomery office is 936-215-8539. And you can reach the Hill Country office at 830 251 Five six seven three. Eternal Roofing. It's your place for all of your roofing needs, all your general contracting needs in the Hill Country, Houston, and across the state of Texas. Ben, it's been tough days in Houston, my man. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> ben, the sun comes up again. The sun came up, but I got to tell you, as a lifelong Rangers fan, I'm still not 100% sure they won that game. Yeah, I don't know if they are, too. They're probably a little hungover from last night, aren't they? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not the hungover for the fans. It's the fact that we've been here before and we just kind of can't believe this is happening. Um, I, I think most Rangers fans are really in a state of shock. Now, I'm very happy that that series went the way it did, right? Like, it... It was fun, and then game five hit, and all of a sudden we started getting good guys and bad guys and, and people not liking guys, and it started gaining that attention nationally that this series deserved because these games were so good. And, and then, you know, you got game six 
where look, Texas is struggling. They they're having a hard time. Houston can't hit the ball at home for some reason. They I heard them last night talking about the backdrop again. Then how are the other teams hitting the ball? That's my question. That's all I gotta ways. say. It goes it goes both ways, and it's been that way since seventeen. So yeah. and I don't understand it. it. It's completely. It makes no sense. There's no logic to explain what is happening uh, to. <laughs> To, to Houston, to the Astros. It's crazy. They've got a good team. They got a really solid team. Scary hitters in that lineup. Yet they get inside Minute Maid and they, they can't hit the ball for some reason. It's it's insane. Yeah, that lost 16 of their last 19 at home, went 40 and 48 uh at Minute Maid when you include the playoffs and uh and the regular season just makes no sense. Only team in history to lose four games at home in a playoff series and they've done it twice uh in the past four years and um all the rangers fans celebrating out there you just you got to win four more it's going to hurt twice as bad if you lose and none of this will even mean anything so i mean i think both fan bases know that i mean it's fun to celebrate but if you don't win four more it means really means nothing that it'll it'll hurt twice as much it'll feel twice as good if you win but um yeah still a long way to go we've been here twice and most of us are, you know, uh, including my daughter. She's 22 years old. She she remembers very distinctly the last time Texas was in these World Series and how much those can hurt. Uh, I will say the Giants' loss didn't hurt. We were just glad to be there the first time. The Cardinals, we're not even going to talk about that still. <laughs> okay. My wife, yeah, my wife's from St. Louis. And as an Astros fan, you hate St. Louis except for that. For that little one week in October in 2011. <laughs> yeah, that was, oh, that was such a bad time for me over in Afghanistan. I was in Afghanistan watching that, by the way. That made it even worse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching that while eating breakfast, Ben. This is not ending my night. This is how I started my day, watching Nelson Cruz give up. Anyway, uh, we're back. <laughs> back to Sam Houston, back, back to, to Sam, Sam Houston, Houston, not Houston and uh, Texas. Well, yeah, in the city of Houston, you talk about Sam Houston. You know, the football team is struggling right now. Um, Houston Cougars, they took a loss on Saturday at home, tough loss. Uh, then the Houston baseball, it's been it's been hard times down there. Hey, the the Houston Dynamo are starting a really good playoff run. What we hope, best team we've had in probably a decade. So. Uh, get ready to learn football, European football, Houston fans. And and, uh, the Houston Texans didn't lose because they were on a bye week. So I guess those are the only positives to look for. (laughs) There you go. You got to have something. Hey, neither did the Cowboys. They were on a bye week last week as well, which, by the way, that worked out beautifully that both football teams were on a bye week during this series because it allowed us to really just focus in and – yeah, it was fun. If you go through my Twitter timeline, I don't mean any offense to any Astros fans, but some of that stuff I put up is pretty darn funny. Some some of these fans are pretty clever on both sides, and uh, I, I enjoyed seeing some of that last night. It's the definition of toxic. Whatever, it really is. whatever goes on on social media with those two teams and those two cities, that's the best way to put it. But we can all unite now, right? We can all unite tonight in our hatred of Philadelphia. I I don't mind Philly. I don't really care. I'd like to see Harper get one. Ben, we don't <laughs> like the Phillies, man. I love the D-backs. I hope they get one, but I don't mind if the Phillies do. We beat I them do mind if they... the Phillies get one, man. 
They're the their fans are incredulous. Oh yeah, they're tough, but uh, they love their team. I've got a cousin living in Philly, so maybe I like them a little more. So I don't know. They do, <laughs> they do like their team. I have, I personally have nothing against Philly. Uh, I actually enjoy watching games in that park because it is so loud and, and it's a beautiful scene and it's what it's what October November baseball is supposed to be. It's just a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it would be interesting, though, Ben, if we do get the Rangers D-backs because then you've got two teams in the the championship games and they're both in the same style of, like, barn. Is that the is that the key? Are you talking about their stadium, the way they look? Yeah, they're them? horrible, yeah. man, both of man. them. Yeah, they're, they're very similar. I thought that's what you were going with it, but, yeah. They... No, they are. Very, yeah, and I, I was uh, I I was in Arizona's this year, and it really struck me how the the one difference is like my wife goes, oh, they're in Arizona, they got the pool. That's like the only distinguishing difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have the pool. I don't know if I'd swim in it, but they do have one. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a whole nother topic. Uh, anyway, we yeah. promise we're gonna get back in to Sam Houston here. We are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Please like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on various social media channels, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at March to the pod. That's March, the number two, the pod, all one word. If you haven't noticed that theme in this show yet, and a special hello to those watching on Dave Campbell's YouTube page. We appreciate you tuning in. I had to get us off of that one because Ben, that that would could have been headed to a spot where we're not allowed to come back on here. And I know. so, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna start talking about the good news right there there is good news this week and the good news is that men's basketball is just weeks away from starting we're coming right up to it and ben i feel there's a little bit of excitement and expectation this year for the men's team yeah there certainly is especially after a uh we had a great golf tournament last week for for the basketball team, um, so that's really exciting. We're a couple weeks away, building off one of the best years in school history last year. Um, picked up a three or four star recruit, depending on which site you look at. Um, won a quote unquote secret scrimmage by nineteen against the Goodman Major team. Can't read too much into it, but yeah, a lot of positive momentum building towards uh, this team. Really exciting non conference schedule, so definitely moving in the right direction as we go into the season. Yeah, there's a whole lot of these little uh, exhibitions that aren't exhibitions that happen without you knowing. Uh, they happen every single year. At, at, and some of them now they're allowing them with charity and with money going to charity, and I think that's a great thing. Look, the fact is it's basketball. They can play, right? Like I, there's no reason they're not having as many exhibitions and scrimmages as they – as you can fit in, I, I get reasonable number, but they need to have a few up there, kind of get them ready for game. It gets their legs, gets the guys back together after they come back, you know, summer, and then they've got that school started. It it really gets them into the groove. Um, but when you do those things, you're not sitting your good players, yeah, right? Like you're playing exactly. your you're playing your better players. So when you you win and you look that good against someone, it usually is a good sign. Yeah, you, you never know how many minutes a guy's a guy plays or who's healthy, who's not healthy. Um, so you never know the, the exact specifics. But winning a game by 19 against a team that won 30 games last year, obviously 
that team and Oral Roberts lost a good amount of what they had last year, but it's been a good mid-major program going and winning by 19. They played up in Dallas on Sunday afternoon. Um, I mean, that's huge. I know they had a, a alumni uh, where alumni came in and watched the scrimmage Saturday morning. And then the team went up to Dallas Sunday, won that scrimmage. And then they're back up in the Dallas area again, next Sunday scrimmage in North Texas before the season gets started. So um, yeah, some good signs so far beating a really good mid-major in that first scrimmage. Be really interesting to see what uh, what they do at North Texas, and and that's a good North Texas team. I know they lost their coach uh, Grant McCaslin, but I I think you know they kept they didn't lose a lot of the talent. I don't believe I, I I'm not sure how much graduated, I, but I don't think a lot hit the transfer. Yeah, I don't know exactly, but it's a North Texas team that's won a lot over the past five years. And I mean, the their new coach was, I think, the head assistant there. So you'd expect some guys to stay in that culture to kind of stay there. And I mean, they've won a lot of games, so I don't expect them to just kind of fall off a cliff this year. Same with Oral Roberts. So two really good mid-major programs looked pretty good, obviously, just by looking at the score um, in that first game. So hopefully it kind of carries over into this next game as well. Are you, did you, are you an Impractical Jokers fan? Yeah, I, I saw it in the show notes. I am, yep. See, I, I was until Joe left. Yeah. Joe, man, Joe, that, 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 yeah, that hurt for me. But Scoopski Potatoes and Scoopski Potatoes is an all-time classic bit. It is. And Impractical Jokers. And, yeah. and Ben is here bringing the Scoopskis today, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll start with. Obviously, we I think we've all seen by now Jackson Ford. He he visited about two weeks ago. Um, committed to, to Sam Houston. He's a six-seven forward out of Prosper, Texas. He's going to play his senior year at Link Academy, which won the national championship for high school basketball last year. And that's where Sam Houston assistant Jake White actually coached last year was at Link Academy. So um, really impressive forward, six-seven, super athletic. Um, can really score around the rim, can shoot it a little bit. Um, top 250 player, according to both ESPN and 24-7 sports. Um, he's a three-star on 24-7 sports, a four-star, according to ESPN. Um, and so that's a really big pickup for, for this team. And so now they've got two really high-quality guys in the 2024 class um, when it comes to recruiting. So that's kind of the recruiting scoop ski potatoes when it comes to uh, men's basketball. Then we'll get into some more personnel stuff here in a second. Ben's bringing some potatoes today. That's what yep. he's bringing. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think the biggest thing, he's six foot seven. They plan to slot him at a three, four. What? Where does he play on? Where do you think he kind of slots in there? Yeah, he reminds me a lot of Trist, Tristan Ikpe, um, a guy that played for St. Houston the last three years. Um, didn't really handle the ball a ton. Didn't shoot the ball a lot, but just extremely athletic guy that can play above his size. Ikpe was about six six, but could guard the other team's best player. Really good in the post, super athletic, can put you on a poster. And that's what it looks like Jackson's game is going to kind of be like. Not the exact same player, um, but I think that's kind of similar the way they use Tristan these last couple of years is how we'll use Jackson um, here in the future. So really like what he brings to the table. See, uh, when we talk basketball, uh, there's a lot of coaches now, and there are some coaches, <laughs> some notable coaches around the Lone Star Conference included, who will who put everyone down as a guard. Whether they're six ten down to five, they're all guards. It, if they can dribble, they're a guard. <laughs> but I I do understand the fact that I think positions are outdated in basketball, right? I I think calling someone guard, forward, center, 
I think that's outdated. However, the number system is not because where you play on the floor, uh, that's what I use. Are you going to play? Can you play a three, four, five? Can you just play a four, five? Can you play a one, two, three? You know, those are the things that that you look for. And the more versatile guys you have, obviously, uh, the more you can keep your better players on the floor. So having a guy that's six, seven, I think I think if he's in there to, at the two, three, four area, he'll be he'll be pretty good for him. Right. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to play kind of down and guard the guard spot more or play up like Tristan did and guard the other team's biggest player. But he's got some really good athleticism, loved his tape. So I think he's going to be able to do a lot of things. I don't think he's going to be able to create a shot a ton, play point guard, create shots for other guys, but um, score around the rim, shoot it here and there. Um, be super athletic and make make things happen, I think is going to be his game. And I'm really excited about him. So, yeah, and that's two recruits. Eric Taylor was the other one, 6'3 guard and from Florida, had about 15 Division One offers. Um, and so you picked up two really high-quality guys in the 24 class. That is awesome. They're doing a great job there. You got any more potatoes? Yeah, a little bit more. Uh, the team is finally healthy. Some of the big-name guys uh, had some injuries towards the end of last year. Cam Hoofner had a shoulder injury he sustained the last two weeks of the season that really bothered him. He's now fully healthy. As of the last couple of weeks, J.D. Ray had knee surgery in the middle of last year. Um, he's fully healthy, it looks like. Um, he's slated to be the starting point guard. Um, it sounds like Marcus Boykin, who was a really good D2 transfer, is also going to see some time at the guard spot uh, behind J.D., so expect a lot of them at the guard spot. And then Lamar Wilkerson, he was another guy that kind of had a wrist injury towards the end of last year, but he's getting close to 100%. He's going to be a big part of this team, and this is a very tall team. You've got seven guys that are six, seven or taller, um, and so you've been two of them that are about seven foot. Um, so you've got almost NBA-level size on this team, which is really good, and the starting lineup's going to look like JD and then four guys that are six, five or taller. I think Lamar, Cam, and Suleiman, the TCU transfer, um, those would be four, that fifth spot. I don't know if it's locked down just yet. I would, I would expect Damon Nicholas to be that third guy. Um, but, yeah, expect a lot of size in the starting lineup and in really any lineup that this team's going to throw out there this year. Yeah, they do have a lot of size. I mean, you know, you look at the Ross, they got a couple of uh, – they got one from Sunrise Christian Academy. They've been doing things for a while really well there. Bryce Cook, he's yeah. 5'7". And so if you're listed at 5'7", we know to subtract a couple – uh, Derek Brown listed at six foot junior from Navarro. I know those guys, but after that, man, it's, it's uh Boykin is six, one. And then every six, four, six, five, six, seven, it does concern me. There's not more six ten, but then again, it's hard to find the six ten guys to play basketball. They all get picked up by the bigger schools pretty quick. Yeah. And I think they're going to be okay there. I, I mean, Sulia main Dumbia, the TCU transfer, um, he saw some decent time at TCU the last two years with one of the top JUCO guys coming out of Navarro. You've got Lewis Rowe, who's a JUCO guy. And then you've got Kean Scroggins, who played the five for you a ton last year. Um, he played probably half the game at the five, even though he's six, seven, he plays way above his size. So you've got three guys that can play that center spot. And then Cam Hoofner, I mean, when he's healthy, man, I mean, I think he averaged about 15 points per game in conference last year. And He's a six seven guy that can really light it up. So you've got some size that can score and play well. Oh no, Hoofner's good. Uh, but I'm telling you, the pickup of the whole offseason was Davon Barnes. Oh my gosh. Davon Bar yeah. <laughs> a guy that uh I think he averaged 14 a game at Texas Southern. I think he had 25 at Kansas. 
Um, I yeah, mean, he, he scores double digits practically every game. He's a baller. He's a player. He is. He's going to be fun to watch. Mudge is doing great things. Uh, okay, so we know they've got that uh, scrimmage coming up with UNT, and that is for a charity, right? It is, yeah. It's going to support people that were affected by the fires out in Hawaii a couple months ago. That's right. Good cause. So if you are in the Dallas area and you want to see, get a little look at the cats, go there to Denton and catch them. You got any any other basketball news for us, Ben? Yeah, I think that's about it. Um, season's approaching. If anything else comes up, I think we'll probably do um, maybe next week with us playing Kennesaw FCS team, we can do a full preview position by position breakdown uh, since we'll be about a week out from the season. But yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm ready to get basketball season rolling. And you mentioned something at the beginning of that that first leg. Uh, you talked about how you had the Cat Fun Golf Tournament last week. Give us a little more. And, you know, for those who might have missed out on that, how can they get involved so they don't miss out again? Yeah, we had about 45 players there. We had 11 teams of four. Um, and even some teams that signed up that didn't play. We had 16 whole sponsors. Um, we had some food and drink sponsors also had a little bit of an auction going on. So a lot of really good stuff. I've actually got to call Coach Mudge back after this. He called me right as we went on air. Um, so <laughs> got to do that. Um, but yeah, it's been really great. Um, it was a really great event. I think it's going to be an annual thing to help support uh, the men's basketball team. And yeah, if you didn't get involved there, cat-fun.com. Um, great way to sign up. Different levels starting at $10 all the way up to $1,000 a month. So yeah, lots of good things going on. Hey, Ben, there's a cat alum who owns this place called Eternal Roofing. Yep. His name is Taylor Andrus, and you want to know something? What's that? They do Christmas lights. They do. It's it's almost exactly two. It'll be two months exactly when this comes out. It is. It is. We're getting close to that most wonderful time of the year where you're going to need lights. Yep. And Taylor, they're the people. They do Christmas lights, man. I know, and I, I I referred one of my coworkers, I think I said it last week, I referred one of yeah. my coworkers for Christmas lights. I'll have to follow up and see where that's at. But yeah, if you need Christmas lights here over the next month or two, definitely the place to go is Eternal Roofing in the Hill Country, Houston, or just all over Texas area. You you should hound them until you know that they did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> call, them, call them every hour until they, until they get it done. If you haven't been, if you haven't picked up a stalking charge yet, man, I want to know why you haven't. <laughs> I don't plan on it at, at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's not good to break the law, and neither does Taylor. Taylor doesn't break the. He doesn't want us breaking the law either. Oh, but hey, if you need Christmas lights, you need roof repair, general contracting. Get a hold of the team at Eternal Roofing. Taylor's email is Taylor T A Y L O R at EternalRoofingTX.com. You can get a hold of the Hill Country office, 830-251-5673. And in the Montgomery office is number 936-215-8539. Definitely give Eternal Roofing a call. I have a question for you, Ben. Yeah. What happens when two bad football teams meet? You get bad football. Oh, we're about to get some bad football on Wednesday night. If you're listening to this, it's tonight. It's not going to be pretty, Ben. You don't get pretty football from two bad teams. No, you don't. And you just hope you can come out a little less ugly and come out with a win. That's kind of the, the MO and kind of the way you have to look at it. Just be a little less ugly and and try to find a way to go win it. What gets me is how... 
we, you know what? The cats might want it to get ugly, Ben, because at least if it gets a little bit ugly, they may have created a turnover or two. And that's, I know we'll get into it. That's something they struggled with on the defensive side of the ball, at least. The defense has been pretty good from a numbers perspective, but when it comes to turnovers, it's definitely been a little bit of a struggle. I want to, the best number of all right now, the offense has eight turnovers this year. That puts them tied for, I believe, 22nd in the country. Tied for 22nd in the country in fewest number of turnovers. And the defense has created only six. Ben, it's one thing to stop, but that is it. Is it scheme? Is it scheme oriented? Is that is it a risk averse defense? Yeah, I I don't know if you can just chalk it up to one thing. I think it's a lot of our defensive line not getting consistent pressure. I know the defensive line has stopped the run, and it's that's been really good this year. But they have struggled to get to the quarterback, um, and that's where a lot of turnovers come from. Not just forcing a fumble on the quarterback, but forcing pressure in his face so he makes a bad throw. And so I think if we're going to be able to create more turnovers, you've got to get more pressure on the quarterback, force him out of the pocket, get him to the ground, try to get him to fumble it, force bad throws. And I think that's really where it begins is you've got to get more pressure on the quarterback. I mean, they've done a really good job in the run game. I even think they've done okay against the pass. It's just you haven't been able to get to the quarterback enough. Yeah, I'm going to give you some numbers here talking about that pass rush grade. Isaiah Nixon, he's pretty good. 86 and a half is his grade. He's won, his win percentage is 17.2%. That's not bad. Markel Perry is a 69.1. Okay. That, then there's 66, 60. Everything else is below there. Yeah. That's the top two. And, you're right. You got to get pressure. Pressure forces quarterbacks to hurry. The hurry forces interceptions. They've done a good job of forcing fumbles, but they've only forced two interceptions all year. And the reason why I ask if it's scheme, because there's twice this year that Sam Houston defense just needed a stop in the last couple minutes of the game to preserve and secure a win. And they didn't do it either time and it's because they're playing soft they just they get in these and i feel like the bend but don't break that they preach to them is part of the reason why you're not able to stop you're not aggressive first off you got to be aggressive play calling in the last two minutes of the game just like you are in the first two minutes right you you cannot sit back and allow them to just move the ball down the field on you because they're doing it all right, so you're going to have to – you got to change that up. But just playing that bend but don't break, keep them in front of you, that works at times. But there's times you've got to flip that switch and come after someone. Yeah, and Keeler even said after the Jacksonville State game, which was the first of the two games that the other team has gone down the field and either tied or won the game, that they, uh, they should have put a little more pressure on, should have not played as much prevent. Um, and then this last week, I don't think it was a steam thing. If you look at the fourth and 18, you've got four guys rushing and a linebacker that just, I mean, he just kind of rushes the, the wrong gap and the quarterback goes the other way. And if he's just kind of sitting there spying, he's right there and the quarterback only picks up a couple of yards. And so you just got to 
got to fit fit your gap or wherever you're supposed to go. I mean, uh, I know you want to get to the quarterback, but the, it's fourth and 18. It's okay if he gets a couple of yards. You don't need to get him in the backfield. So That one I think hurt the, the most. Yeah, the first first one was definitely schemed. This one, I think, was just kind of playing out of playing out of position. So that's kind of how the two have happened. Can I say that the second one was also part scheme? Yeah, I mean. Because, yeah. listen, Ben, if you're fourth and 18, right, and again, all of us play PlayStation. We know basic concepts of packages now. And, and yeah, we don't have not necessarily play calls, but we get basic concepts, right? We've watched, a lot of us have watched enough football that we know with their man zone when they need to. There's a time to play zone and there's a time to play man, especially in the, in that last two minutes, if there was one time to do four quarters, you know what I mean? Prevent defense and put them all at the first down line. It was right there. Instead, they manned up. Now, maybe it was a spy there. Maybe the spy didn't follow his assignment. But why are you putting your team in a position where one blown assignment can can lead to a game that costs you 18 yards? If you're in a zone, you've got more eyes focused into that backfield when that quarterback escapes there's a better chance. Man, if you remember that play, he didn't even really look for long. He saw the hole. He saw man defense, and he took off. Good play by the quarterback, but I, I do blame the call a little bit as well. Yeah, you don't know exactly what the call is, but, yeah, I mean, you have four guys rushing, and then you bring the linebacker down, and you don't need to rush five guys on the fourth and 18. Um especially when the drive before was the one drive you did force pressure and force the fumble and they were starting to get home. So, yeah, I mean, even if you bring three there and you drop back nine and, and just kind of play prevent in front of the first down line, you should be fine. But hindsight's twenty twenty, and it is what it is. Yeah, no, there's nothing we can do about it, But, you know, I think it's important. And I, I, want, I want the listeners to understand the reason why I say this. First off, because you're going to get the truth out of us about the cats and what we see and what's happening out there. Right. But, but also because if, if coaches or somebody are listening to this, look, the key, the key is to learn from those things. It's one thing to make a mistake. It's another thing to just move on without learning a lesson from what happened. And there are certain times where you need to do that throughout your life as an adult, whether whatever your job is, it's unfortunate for coaches. It plays out in front of us and we all get to tell you as opposed to, you know, I mean, not all of us are down getting, you know, getting watched by thousands of fans every day we do our job and getting criticized and critiqued for it. But they chose to do that. And in that they need to figure out lessons. You got to learn them. That's that's the point I'm trying to get across. Yeah. And it, it almost felt like deja vu is, is as soon as we we scored and there was about a minute left and the other team or we were kicking it to the other team, um, it just, I don't know, you could just kind of feel it. And uh, Corey, I'm interested to get your thoughts on the uh, on the pooch kick or the sky kick that landed at about the 25 and was returned out to the 40 because, I don't know, that's another 15 yards. And instead of a 32-yard field goal for FIU, it's maybe a 47-yard field goal there at the end. Yeah, but how dangerous are the, is their returners, are the return game? They didn't really do anything all night. And I know Keeler said the wind was kind of blowing in and they just kind of hoped he would fair catch it there and they would avoid a return. So I kind of get that. But 
I mean, the the guy was huge. I mean, a fullback tight end, he caught it there at the 25 and took it 15 yards and got to the 40. And I know hindsight's 2020, but I mean, I wish we would just would have kicked it out of the back of the end zone. I see that, you know what? I watch a lot of football and uh, teams pick, try to pick on guys and try to watch film to see who has a hard time catching a ball for those pooch kicks. Right. And if you struggle to catch, but if you're going to struggle to catch the ball, you're also going to need pressure boring down on them. And if you're going to pooch kick like that in that situation, look, I'm fine with it. I'm okay with a pooch kick, but your plan on special teams at that point needs to be, they fair catch it because they don't have a choice. We're down there on them. And if your players are not down there forming a circle, like it's a punt, kick it high in the air, right? You give them time to get down there, kind of like a punt scenario. If the players aren't there, why not? And and I, I want, you know, I don't know if it's a player thing or a coach thing, but they should have been. Yeah, and it was almost the exact same kick and spot as when we played JMU in the semifinal round. It was right there, and, I mean, they put it in a spot to where the, the second line of guys couldn't get to it. We were there on the ball before they could get to it. And this time, I mean, kicked it right to their guy, one, and then two, once he did catch it, I mean, there was nobody there, and he just ran free for about 15 yards. So Yeah, that's I mean, the, I, that's work, the problem. The coverage to me is the problem, not the kick, the execution, right? If you execute that right, you get three or four guys. He may not fair catch it, but then he's likely to fumble it because you've got pressure bearing down on him there. I'm okay yeah. with that. It just got to execute it. Yeah, that, that's what it comes down to. I mean, I, I, I personally, I probably would ju- just would have tried to kick it deep, but I can see the reasoning behind it. It just didn't work out, and it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have kicked it deep too, but, you know, hey, look, again, hindsight is always twenty twenty, and that's what happens when bad football teams play. They do things that end up turning bad for them for no reason. Right, yeah, and, and some, of it's them, some of it's themselves. I, I know this team can feel snake bit this year, but – there's no excuse, really. A lot of this is just them not executing, whether it be players or coaches or a mixture. There's just been a lack of execution throughout the program. Yeah, and it's really a mentality thing. I mean, when we won 21 games or 22 games in a row, there were a lot of games where we probably didn't deserve to win, but you find a way. And this team, there's a lot of games where we should win. You just can't find a way to finish it. And so it's a mentality thing. And when you lose so many in a row, it's hard to dig yourself out of that hole. And um, I think they've been the better team three of the last four weeks. But uh, just because you're the better team doesn't mean you win. I mean, you've got to play all 60 minutes until until the clock's at zero. And so, I mean, until they can find a way to finish a game, it's going to be really difficult. You hit on it. They don't believe. They, they you know, they had a belief. We're going to find a way when they when they went on that national title run. Uh, this year's team now they've hit that what else is going to happen to us and it's very common it's easy to fall into it's a trap we all do as humans but you got to bust out of that and it may not happen this season it really may not yeah I mean you're probably going to beat Kennesaw because they're redshirting half their team and I mean if you don't beat Kennesaw we're in for a lot of more problems than we're already in but yeah, it might not be this year. It might be next year. So we'll see. Well, you know who's going to be there no matter what time of year? 
Eternal roofing, especially you around darn, time. <laughs> you darn skippy, man. It's eternal roofing. They can install, repair your roof, paint the interior or exterior of your home or business. They can even install gutters, garage doors for your floors, perform any woodworking need you needs you might have, crown molding, shelf work, repair your sheetrock. If you've got some sort of teenager that puts a hole in one, I don't know who in the world would do those things. And again, we're going to tell you because it's coming up in a couple of months here, Christmas lights. They also install Christmas lights. Give them a call. They're going to give you free detailed roof inspection, fast professional service. They're not going to pressure you with some sales pitch. And they're going to give you great workmanship and warranties and quality materials. Get a hold of them at the Hill Country office. That's area code 830-251-5673. If you're in the Montgomery area or want to get that office, area code 936-215-8539, or you can just email Taylor, taylor at eternalroofingtx.com. Give them a call today. Ben, it's uh, it's that time again. <laughs> we make predictions. We got to do it again, don't we? <laughs> and again... Vegas has put the Cats as favorites by three and a half. You know what? Do you want to go first or second today? I'll I'll go first. I'll go first. I think that's the way we've been doing it. And I know you said last week you had lost trust, and I think that's pretty much where I am now. I think this is a team that we have just as much talent as UTEP. There's no reason why we can't win. Um, But I just – I've picked this the last couple of weeks and it hasn't worked out. And so until we can find a way to win a game, I'm probably not going to pick us too. And so what's the over under? I think it was what? 36. The over under is 36. Vegas spread is three and a half. The over under is 36. Vegas says it's 20 to 16 cats. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to go UTEP. I think it's going to be close no matter who wins this, but I'm going to say 23 to 20 and another close one. UTEP probably wins it. So you're going over. Yes. And you're going to go. Yeah. Let me. I think I know why the over-under is 36 on this. These defenses are pretty good. Yeah, they're not bad. UTEP struggles to stop the run some, but that's okay because Sam Houston can't run the ball. Uh, UTEP struggles to tackle. That could help out in the open field when you're, some of your screen passes. Here's a problem, though. They're really good at rushing the passer. Yeah. Like, they graded a 90.4 rushing the passer this year. The Sam Houston offense, it's just not there. It's not there. Listen, but they're going to be ahead, Ben. Sam Houston will be ahead with probably a minute and a half to go in the game. And likely, Sam Houston scores a field goal. Let's go ahead and just say it's going to happen. It's going to be 20-17, to 17, Sam Houston's in the lead. With a minute and a half to go, and UTEP gets the ball. And they march right down the field. They score the touchdown. We've seen it twice at home. We'll see it a third time at home. 24-20. to 20, Miners in what is going to be one of the most sickos committees classics of the year, Ben. And we've already had a couple sickos committee classics, especially last week, even Jacksonville State. So, 
yeah, we're right there on the same score. I don't know how it's going to go down, but um, I hope they prove me. I hope they prove us wrong. I think we've got the talent to do it. I think we've got the team to do it. I mean, we've shown we can play with all these teams. And so um, it's just a matter of actually doing it and playing all 60 minutes. UTEP has beaten a Division One team. Sam Houston hadn't beaten anybody yet. Yeah. UTEP did get demolished by New Mexico State last week at home. And I will also say UTEP's coach has got to be feeling some pressure. Will that is that something that Sam Houston can use? Or I, I don't think winning this game is gonna help him much, to be honest with you, man. Right. And I mean, we played Houston when Holgerson was under the most amount of pressure he had been under all year. And we saw what happened. I mean, it could go either way. I mean, it could go really bad and guys could start to quit um, coming off your rivalry game where you just got smacked at home or you could come back ready to fight. Um, I don't know which UTEP team we've seen. I mean, they they played UNLV kind of close. They're a pretty good team. I mean, they beat FIU pretty handily two weeks ago, um, laid a dud last week. I don't know what team we see from UTEP, but um, right now, I'm going to have to give UTEP a slight edge. That's why I'm taking them. You know, they lost to Jacksonville State to open the season. That loss doesn't look so bad now. No. I mean, that's – and it was on the road. So yeah. I mean, it's not a horrible loss. They lost on the road at Northwestern. Northwestern was angry. Uh, they lost at Arizona by 21. Arizona's a good team. It's respectable, right? They, Like you said, they lost to UNLV. But then they lost to Law Tech by 10. They put up a bad one at home. Uh-oh. Then they went on the road to Florida International. Then they came home and they played a bad one. Uh, ben, they don't play well at home, but they they tend to play pretty well on the road. Yeah, played uh played Jacksonville State tough. I mean, you beat FIU. They've only won once on the road, but overall they've probably played better on the road. That's so one more win than Sam Houston has this year. That is correct. Yes. And and I will tell you also uh, their overall grades on the road 75, 72, 65, 82. Uh, at home, their overall grades 89. That was UIW. Uh, UNLV 60, LaTeX 66, and New Mexico State 59. They, they really are a much worse team at home than they are on the road. This is just like the ALCS all over again, right? <laughs> it's been a rough week for Houston, Ben. <laughs> well, hopefully we can turn it around for some people. I'm sure. Hopefully Sam Houston can turn it around, but it's been a rough week for Houston. And I also want to say I do have respect for the Astros. It's a good team. They'll be back. This Their run is not over. I know it feels that way. And some of their own beat writers were putting it out as if it was over. <laughs> yeah. Every time you bet against that team, they prove you wrong. I mean, one game away from the from the World Series, and you think the team has just completely fallen apart. Some teams yeah. don't get there for decades. They've been there seven straight times, and they will be there an eighth straight time if they still have many of the same people they have now. Plus, McCullers comes back, and you know we could talk baseball again all day long, but we will not, Ben. We will let the listener go. We want to thank you, though, for listening to our baseball and our cats uh, talk today. Definitely our basketball, our baseball yeah, talk. All of it. Every bit of it. Thank you for for tuning in. Without you, none of this is even possible for us. Ben, time to take us out. Eat them up, cats, and please prove us wrong this week. Do I even have to watch this one? <laughs> <laughs>